Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Welcome back, folks. This is Untangling Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. Uh, let's start with the disclaimer and the reminder that this is not a substitute for mental health work. Well, I strongly recommend finding a therapist or social worker or mental health professional in your area to work on your unique issues. This podcast is for entertainment and education purposes only. So, as we mentioned in one of our earlier episodes, we're going to have a part two with our with this individual, and we're going to catch up where they find out where things have been since we last spoke. Now, for information purposes and transparency, our original interview happened in October, or and we're now having it's now January when we're recording, so roughly three months since that recording. And we're talking again with Demetrius Holt, a.k.a. Hellspawn Cosplay, who brought us the uh, uh, who brought us the black He-Man or He-Soul was one of them. But ultimately, He-Man also who's played Kratos, Sub-Zero and began our introduction into the deeper world of black cosplay. So, Demetrius, welcome back. Hey, how you doing? Hi. So, I did get a chance. I'm all right. I did get a chance to also see the, um, it took him a little while to upload it, the interview you did with uh, AfroCon with, the, uh, with your female counterparts, which I very much enjoy and started following them. And at some point, I'll have a chance to get them behind the mic as well and find out more about their experiences. Wow. Um, yeah, that was a, uh, a fun conversation that went a lot of different places. Um, so yeah, I Afro, Afro Comic Con was a, uh, a pretty uh, harrowing experience because it was mm-hmm. my first time, like, you know, essentially uh, being an integral part of a, mm-hmm. of a, of a convention. But mm-hmm. um, the conversation, I mean, not the conversation, but the relationship was fostered well enough that I'll be mm-hmm. back uh, Good. In, a, in, a, in a larger capacity next year or this year. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'll be actually in Oakland, California to host some of the festivities for Afro Comic Con well, in, Oct- in October. I believe it's either October or November. I think they're still planning that part out. But, uh, uh, yeah. Depending on where we are with everything with COVID and such. And uh, hopefully, I, hopefully I'm in town that day because that'll be one that we actually could meet actually person in person. Right. right. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things happening this year where I hope that COVID does not why does my face look like this? I am. How can they tell me I was I was this like saturated? What's going on with this? <laughs> what uh, the joys of our ring lights, right? And I don't want to get up to because it looks really I look really silly right now. But anyways, um, no, there's a couple of situations happening this year where I hopefully that COVID won't hinder me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a convention in in Michigan mm-hmm. that I'm being asked to to appear at and. Uh, there may be one in Texas and there's one in New York. Nice. So it's, it's this, this is, this sounds like this feels like the year that 2020 would have been if COVID wasn't a thing, right? you know, the momentum that the He-Man situation had is mm-hmm. picking back up, 
you know, mm-hmm. some because of the Kickstarter and some of the mm-hmm. other uh, projects I'm a part of. So very yeah. much so, very much so. And it's also given people more time to, you know, sit and think about it so that they can build these projects more than they were before. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, things are, uh, they're trying their best to have a larger scale mm-hmm. than what they're, what they normally would just simply because they're trying to get as many people back out in person as possible. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, between Omicron and whatever this new variant might be and people just being silly and mm-hmm. just taking the, the simple precautions just to protect themselves and people mm-hmm. around them, you know, mm-hmm. things are proven to be just as difficult as possible. So very much so. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could give you a good answer from the, at least the psychological side, but the closest thing I can give say is that we're dealing with a lot of people dealing with fear fatigue. That's kind of, I'm sorry, but that's, that's, that's contradictory as all hell. Cause if you're, if you have, if you have a healthy sense of fear, mm-hmm. then you would do what you need to do in order mm-hmm. to make something not be as threatening. Right. That would be the normal case. The problem is that really the functioning of fear is short term. Okay. It's, it's more of one of those that it's, yeah, it hits you quickly and gets the fight and flight response going fight, fight and freeze response going for a moment. Mm-hmm. But what we're dealing with is a long, prolonged experience where there have been moment, multiple points of fatigue or multiple points of fear that have been brought up and it hasn't been able to be mitigated or relieved. So the system essentially keeps funk happening, happening, happening until it starts breaking down. And this is where we start falling into sadness, despair and such. And this happens across not just disease, but it's happened across multiple other venues as well. This is what generates post, post-traumatic stress, or I should say, uh, situations like that, PTSD. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of science that I'm not familiar with because I'm not yeah. studied in that. But as a layman, mm-hmm. you know, I, the only thing I could say is if the problem was, was taken seriously from the very beginning, mm-hmm. then we would not be in various stages of fear fatigue exactly exactly i mean i don't know i've always been taught that if you handle your business or your business will handle you so you know a lot of people just thought it was just gonna just go away and the people Mm -hmm. who thought that weren't really the most intelligent folks that was in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and hence the fear state continues in multitude of forms Mm -hmm. Oh, well, moving on. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, because I, I put it this way, if I remember correctly, this was probably the late 80s, maybe late or 90s. The Marvel had the sort of uh, fear lords. They had the Dweller in the Deep, uh, Despair. Uh, one, uh, they had uh, one other one. I can't think of what it is. And there was a what, and I think it was a smart, it was one of their small little, you know, one sh- couple of page stories where they basically challenged the three of them to create as much fear around the world as possible to see who is the better at it. Okay. And they're both the dweller in the deer darkness. And I think it was the other one was the fear Lord. Um, they were running chaos worldwide. And at which point they then stop and turn to look at the third one, who was uh, the fear the Lord of despair. Hmm. And they said, well, what are you doing? We've been doing all of this work, creating so much of this fear. 
what are you doing? And I said, I'm feeding off the despair that's generating from what you guys have created. And all of these people that you've affected separately have all been feeding me. Mm-hmm. Because prolonged fear leads to despair. Well, I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. It makes it makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. just like how what I was going through, like it took it took me going through, you know, the trial mm-hmm. and tribulation in order to realize that okay, that's done and over with. Now mm-hmm. what's the plan to make things either better or to change what's happened? You know what I mean? I just I can't I can't sit like my body will not sit in despair mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. too long. Cause mm-hmm. I mean around October um was it the early, it was early part of October when we had a yeah, conversation right? it was early early October you had the show in late October right so in so in the middle part of October uh I had lost my um custody case for my son huh. and uh it it and it and I, and I lost because my lawyer did not do what she needed to do mm-hmm. and you know and and my body kind of stopped functioning mm-hmm. in a in a way that was healthy. Mm-hmm. So between October 13th and I want to say a little oh wait, a little bit into November, a little bit into mm-hmm. November, um, I had lost like 35 pounds, like just straight mm-hmm. up sad and not eating. And I got sick because I, mm-hmm. I caught whatever RSV that my son had and like mm-hmm. it just it just took me down. So I mm-hmm. I and and I was I was trying to fight what I was feeling before the Harvest Fest mm-hmm. which was near the which was like on, on Halloween, and you know the with the with the guys coming you know uh, Michael Johnson and um, and Claude Xavier they they came from Texas and and Georgia just to be there for this event, mm-hmm. and you know I mean like it was it was it was good to have them here and mm-hmm. like you know we didn't trauma bond because all of us no. got some all of us has something going on mm-hmm. but it was cool for them to get away from their troubles because they mm-hmm. didn't realize how much of a break they needed themselves mm-hmm. and it was like a mental release to mm-hmm. stop thinking about what was happening and what we could do to change it and just live in the moment mm-hmm. you know so yeah like we 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 had a photo shoot where we you know i was he-man mm-hmm. you know King Grayskull and He Soul, and you know, like it was, it was a great experience. And then mm-hmm. we went to the Harvest Fest, and we saw all these kids, and they were asking us, like, "Are you, like, really?" You know what I mean? And like they mm-hmm. were, they were interacting with us, and they're engaging, and it, 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 it was fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so, is not, which is not surprising. And this actually gets into what you were just saying is one of those things that gets out mm-hmm. of gets people out of fear fatigue is being able to change. You were worried, as I recall, about going there alone versus having these other two guys with you creating this group experience, which allowed the situation to change. The despair that I was talking about and the fear fatigue is also happening when people are wanting to go back to the past as opposed to changing into a future. Yeah, because we did some transformative stuff Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's not, it's not really heard of to have guys, you know, get together and do what we did. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it was the first time that I was able to ho- co-host a, um, <clears throat> a festival 
with a mm-hmm. radio show and like you know because again cosplayers don't do this mm-hmm. you know and when we and like now that i've i've started doing this or have done at least once i fully expect other cosplayers to be in the same position that i'm i was in because mm-hmm. look what look at the results that we get just mm-hmm. the, just the presence that we have you know we i mean between there's a couple other organizations that actually mm-hmm go to hospitals and and that and all that's great but then they don't really engage with like the community right on on like you know regular occasions which is mm-hmm. something that i'm starting to see more and more and more happen mm-hmm. so i'm i'm totally down for it i'm super excited to have more black faces out doing things and you know i mean the fact that i could say that i did it and it helped me mm-hmm. you know i i hope that people can use situations like that to not only help others but to help themselves get out of whatever rut they were in because, you know, it really did take that to happen before I had like my turn and mm-hmm. the fact that I fired my lawyer <laughs> and it didn't took things into my own in my own hands. And I have been like basically running a, a pro se, you know, uh, legal defense against everything that's been happening against why I didn't get custody of my son. So mm-hmm. um, but as, just recently, I, I retained a new lawyer that happened to be a former judge. So. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just working a whole lot to be, to be able to pay for him. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, like that was like the, the turn of me feeling a lot better about just existing and then doing something with my existence, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you found what was what some would call hope. You found a new direction, something to change. And that's one of the biggest ways to get out of a fear fatigue is to change some to change something, to change the goal, change the focus. Well, yeah, because it was doing things that I that I was doing before and just letting someone else handle it was not working. Exactly. You know, it wasn't working for me. And mm. I'm not saying that everyone has to take the bull by the reins, <laughs> but you know, it it was one of those things that actually worked for me in order for me to to, to get to a place where I could contribute to society in a way that mm. I was not um, a detriment to my own health, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, you know, I gained a good 30 to 40 pounds within, within three weeks, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that, that mental, that mental anguish will kill your body quick, fast, mm-hmm. and hurry. And, mm-hmm. um, and now I'm trying to, lose just a little bit of weight just so that I can continue to be as, as full as I am. Uh, but then yet just, just get the abs that I need to be he-man, but it's, mm-hmm. I, I just checked this morning, no, this afternoon. I'm like, damn, I, I lost, I lost too much weight too fast. Like how'd I lose eight pounds in a week? Like that wasn't the plan. <laughs> that wasn't the plan. I'm so, sure it's I, all just water. This is, I was wearing clothes. I was wearing a lot of clothes and I still had more weight on me than I should have. But I got six weeks until Katsukon, mm-hmm. uh, which is February 18th, before I need to present the cosplay that I'm, I am contracted to cosplay. Right. That's all I can say. I'm, I'm under an, an NDA right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. And that goes back into, again, the deeper issues of the image issues we were talking about and the struggle men have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's just yeah. magnified by the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do, I, I, I have to, I have to be in a certain type of shape for this cosplay. And, you know, like, that's like my only job. Like it's, mm. it's, 
it's being made and I am going to be photographed and interviewed in it simply for the organization that I'm going to be representing. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to come through. Mm-hmm. So there is pressure, but mm-hmm. I mean, if, 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 if diamonds weren't made from pressure or made from cold, then what, you know, what, what can you do? I don't know. It, it sounded good in my head before I said it. <laughs> yeah. Pressure and fundamentally pressure can be useful, but it can also be destructive if it's not used correctly yeah. and kept in its place. Yeah. So that being said, and understanding the pressure you're under, this is also, again, where we go back to where is the team helping with this? Uh, let's see. Let's see, my team is, well, my team is essentially the the people who are, oh, damn, I got a couple of teams. Mm-hmm. Now I think about it. Okay, so. Now they can all work I, together or they can work separately, but they can well, work that's, for the Well, goal. that's the thing, like, they're, they're compartmentalized for, for specific reasons, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I got, I got my homeboys, you know, specific group of friends that I talk to every day, and then I mm-hmm. got my, um, you know, my, my, my He-Man PSA folks that we, mm-hmm. we organize a lot of different things. We are planning at least 10 more projects after the PSAs. Very nice. Um, so we're going to keep trying, like once the PSAs are released, it's going to be my job to push them for more investors, for mm-hmm. more people to not only invest in them, but invest in art monkey animation and always press record television mm-hmm. because, you know, more funding, more black animation. It's just, it, you know, we're, we're going to get that, that animation block, like that mm-hmm. black animation block. That's what we're going for. But I'm the face of that. So once again, once the, P, once the PSAs are done, we're going to be moving forward with 10 more animation projects. Um, so I got that group. And then, you know, I've got my family and my, my inner, inner close, like knit circle that I, I keep to myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have a lot of support, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I've never, I've never denied that. It's just a matter of seeing that when I'm in that fog of my feelings. Exactly. And also where do they, where does there need to be some fine tuning with them so that they can support in that moment of rather than saying, well, here, have that extra portion or no, we here, I'll walk with you to keep that exercise going relative to whatever your weather is like. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. that aspect of, <laughs> you know, we're not having the beers tonight. We're going to have the, uh, the iced tea. All of those things for the, that add to the calories or add to the activity. You know, I, now that you said, I haven't had alcohol in like almost two, in two and a half years. Mm. Like at all. Simply because like I only drink when I'm like at a party and there's been no parties. <laughs> Well, can't blame it on alcohol for the for the any of the weight gain. No, but, no, but you know muffins. Those, those damn muffins. So yeah, there's your weakness, and so again, changing that relationship with the muffin. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about the PSAs. I know I've seen a few of the uh, uh, renderings clips, clips yeah. on Instagram. Uh, how are things going in that front? Well, like I said. Uh, Oliver is working on a, on a, so, okay. Again, nostalgia is our, is our, is our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we're, we're, we're pulling on those kinds of heartstrings in order to make sure people who are of a certain era, I mean, of a mm-hmm. certain age 
you know, people with money. You know, because mm-hmm. young folks don't have any money. We know this. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we pull on folks who were born in the 70s and 80s. And you know, you look at this intro, this 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 minute-long intro that we are running before the 30-second PSAs, it has elements of Thundercats and uh actually One Piece and mm. Silverhawks. And like, there's, there's a lot of stuff in there that you just, I mean, hell, like there's an, there's an owl that makes you think of like Clash of the Titans. I mean, mm-hmm. it just, just really does. But, you know, we have a lot of elements in there that we want folks to feel like they're inside, I mean, inside of their home, sitting in front of the TV with a bowl of cereal, you know, Saturday morning cartoons type deal. And it just happens to be, they're looking at black faces, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And they can, they can, they can uh, see themselves as these characters and and just have the type of fun that they used to have mm. you know and just with these with these psas coming along after the after this 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 intro you get that that action like adrenaline hit but then mm. also you you get that that sense that okay i need to i need to listen to what's being said to me and it's only for a quick 30 seconds where you know attention spans are quick you know nowadays yeah. but you know it it our plan is like a one-two punch you know, and with these projects that are coming after the fact, it's all about trying our best to make sure that everybody is represented, you mm-hmm. know, especially is just like, you know, I don't know. And like I said, my, my goal, my, my role right mm-hmm. now is to raise my profile as much as possible before they drop. Mm-hmm. So that I have as many people already looking at what I'm dropping before that comes out. So mm-hmm. I'm on TikTok now in a way that I really wasn't before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like one of the biggest changes between you, between the last time we've we've talked. And you know, I've I've had to tap into my like that my id, you know, and not and not feel so bad for being like you know, look at me, look at me, look at me, because mm-hmm. I'm like, look at me, but for what the purpose? You know, mm-hmm. I have a I have a I have got a mission here, and it's not mm-hmm. for me; it's for what we can provide to the community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what it's what I can bring to these businesses, you know, to these comic book companies, these indie black owned mm-hmm. comic book companies, like what I can do for them is what's mm-hmm. more important than, you know, whatever likes I get from my own personal self. And I think people don't, don't understand that. Or if they do get it, they, they just don't apply it, you know, in, in, in practice. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, well, because there's so many things where those things have got to merge just with the way society mm-hmm. paints these things. And I, uh, it's interesting to hear how this focus has shifted for you towards that, uh, towards that aspect of building these products. As Because when we spoke before, there was always this question of how much is this being done more for, say, vanity? Right. But it's like you found you're finding more of that purpose, that focus, and that change to what you're doing, why you're doing that. Yes, it has created more stress for you, but it has given you also some sort of a direction. Because as, as I was watching, um, as I follow you on Instagram, I was looking at the your response to that one uh, video that came that was sent to you uh, uh, about the young man who saw you doing He Man. Mm-hmm. And that was just a, that was a beautiful piece. Yeah. You know, um, (laughs) 
you know, my, my new lawyer, like he looked me up mm-hmm. and, and he was like, you know, he's like, wait a minute, you do all of these for these kids and you can't even get 50, 50 time with your son. Like, like, what is that about? I was like, I mm-hmm. don't know if he's like, if irony was a person, I'm like, I know, yeah, I know, but you know, the impact that I might have on these kids, uh, I try my best to look at it in the most positive way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not. Sometimes I've, I've got like that, that, that imposter syndrome is like, Oh my God, like these kids are like actually following me. Like these, these kids are paying attention to what I do and what I say. And it's, it can be a little nerve wracking at times yeah. because I want to do, you know, everything across the board that I may find interesting, mm-hmm. but Everything I might find interesting doesn't appeal. Kid, right, yeah, is that kid friendly? friendly? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh-huh. I, was, I mean, yeah. it's it's. I mean, I'm an adult, but then I find adult shit funny. Like I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I I do things, and it just may not click with them, and uh, and and I don't want to influence anybody's child. You know, unknow. I mean, you know, unwittingly, but then yet again, that's for the parent to also parent. monitor. Exactly. Yeah, like that's that's. Mm-hmm, that's the thing. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get too far into it, but I do understand the responsibility that I have. But it's not a responsibility out of vanity. Like I, I just really, I mean, if there is any kind of vanity that's involved with any of this, that mm-hmm. I can be completely honest with you about, I just want to make sure that my son sees that his dad was doing his best mm-hmm. to do what he could with the responsibility and the platform that that was given to him. Because like mm-hmm. I, I might have, I stumbled into this. I really mm-hmm. did not plan to have a platform that was influential at any point. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like <laughs> it was not a, it was not, that was not what I was one I, I was trying to do. But like I said, of all of the of all the hero stuff that we've watched growing up, of all of the the cartoons, and I mean the the lessons are if you are put just if you put yourself, if you are put in a situation where you have to step up because you make a difference then you make the difference you step mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. i mean we just all just saw like you know spider-man like come on like we all saw no, no way home that's his curse that's his job that's his responsibility if that's what i have to do because that's what i've been put on this planet for because if this comes as naturally as it does then it has to be something for me to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i gotta be doing mm-hmm. this. well yeah the cl- the classic spider-man quote with great power comes great responsibility which which and you know it's fundamental because uh, i've actually said that quote and i actually said it to my own therapist as we were working through some of my own issues around mm-hmm. the issues of power um, okay. because of some of these things that have happened in my background and the thing is that whereas we talked about it we said do you realize the flip side of that which is the thing that never gets talked about never gets recognized what's that with greater responsibility comes greater power well, I mean, I think it does get acknowledged when people say other things like, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm, true, true. But even then, we're taking that into a negative place. Where do we take it that a sense of greater power and greater responsibility into a positive place? Well, because, you know, because it, it becomes a situation where most people who are given a lot of power. Mm-hmm they do wrong they do evil with it mm-hmm. like you know like wait 
you you are the hero or you see yourself be the hero long enough or to become, become the villain of your story Something like yeah. that right like like people don't people don't know either moderation or they don't keep themselves grounded precisely you know and if with those being the factors of our society then like i i'm a, i'm aware of my mortality I'm, mm-hmm. I'm aware that that a lot of my existence uh well at least it did at one point exist online only mm-hmm. you know now that i'm moving into a couple other you know spaces mm-hmm. where there are some tangible evidence that i exist mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> um you know then i i i could i could see how you know the, the how 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 finite my mm-hmm. reach could be mm-hmm. so i never really took you know this this internet stuff to heart like you know it's something that i do in my free time but if it went away tomorrow you know i would still be doing what i can for the community but it just mm-hmm. won't be all mine you know and that's the groundedness that's where the greater responsibility gives you the greater power as opposed to someone who doesn't maintain that groundedness and the moment that like you said the internet goes away what do they have they're living on that 50 15 seconds and trying to stretch it out forever right and we got plenty of examples of that we do we do but then those who who stretch out those 15 seconds of fame and actually able to make a connection Mm -hmm. you know with the people while they have that fame then they never truly go away Precisely. You know, so I personally, I just want to make sure that what I do can affect my son in a in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. And um, and I don't know, like I I just I I have fun with all of this, but Mm -hmm. I don't I don't uh, hang on to it. You know what I mean? I don't I don't believe that it it makes my, my you know identity. It doesn't mm-hmm. make or break me. Mm-hmm. 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 As I say, and there's the growth and change that you found in this that some don't. Well, that... I don't. I, I don't know. Like, because, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to like contradict you or or like combat no. you in everything that you no, say. No. But I just can't help but to think that you know people who were born at a certain time or before mm-hmm. a certain time, mm-hmm. you know, we know what life was like mm-hmm. before the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You know, going outside mm-hmm. and having a good time was a thing. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of these kids out here, you know, they they are 18, 19, 20 years old, living their entire lives online because that's all that they've known. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think those those are the main ones who are part of the society that that feel like being online is everything. You know, they're just probably like I think the the, little, the loud minority. Right. And that's worth, and as I put it, this is where they have to learn where that power and responsibility overlaps and where it's going to get them in trouble. Right. Well, you only know you're in trouble when it happens. And that, and, that, come, that comes in the form of a cancellation nowadays or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or a ban or something. Or, so. for, or getting confusing the purpose that you're there to do for versus t- it becoming about you. Yeah. Yeah. But then that's the thing. It takes a long time for someone to find their purpose if they're even looking for it, if they mm-hmm. even acknowledge that or recognize that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Like I didn't, I didn't realize that my purpose was this until what sometime last year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'll be 38 this year. <laughs> so yikes, you know? Well, the reminder, and I know I've said this to clients is that some people didn't find their success until they're 40. And there's right. so much of the world that pushes the idea that you have to find it when you're 20. Oh, oh wait, most of the world is white. So, some things just come institutionalized. Oh, wait, that's not the word I want to use, but I mean, oh, okay, yeah. So, I think on that note, we it's time for us to take a break. <laughs> So to come back in and enjoy the rest of our conversation here on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls and Tether. Uh, I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist with Demetrius Holtz, a.k.a. Hellspond Cole Cosplay. We'll be back with you shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from. Visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. If you have a question or comment about our podcast, send an email to pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. That's pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. And now, back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's Perry Clark here with Demetrius Holt on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls and Tethered. And for our second half, we're going to talk a bit about some of the realities of what's going on in the black cosplay world, as well as something else that's happening in social media that I admit that I came <laughs> to late and I'm still trying to understand what's going on. But let's start with what have you seen has been the shift as of late with cosplay and especially black cosplay as things have since we last spoke. Well, okay. I'm starting to see that uh, more and more companies are getting involved with cosplayers mm-hmm. you know they they see that cosplay has a certain reach that they don't normally have and they could very well like when i say companies i'm talking about like you know comic book companies mm-hmm. or you know um makeup companies or mm-hmm. contacts or you mm-hmm. know like nail polish you know it's stuff like that like mm-hmm. stuff that we would use in a normal situation and like in our normal you know like we would be every day right yeah. we would be superheroes we would be you know, makeup artists or do some kind of makeup to, you know, it's, it's all, it's all encompassing, but what I'm starting to see more, at least with myself is that I'm being approached by these different companies that want to use my likeness. Mm -hmm. And this one company in particular really tried his best to 
screw me over and, mm. and, and, and have me in a position where I would be a losing money, be questioning whether or not I was doing what I'm doing for the right reasons, which that was the first thing that really pissed me off. And then see, just like really think that I was stupid in this mm-hmm. intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to name the company because it's unprofessional, right. <laughs> but you know, it started out with them approaching me by mm-hmm. saying that they wanted me to, to basically duplicate the success that I had with my Kickstarter, mm-hmm. you know, the Kickstarter situation put me in a different um, in a different realm altogether because one Kickstarters are very difficult to manage, mm-hmm. you know, especially to fruition. And then two, you know, we were 2000% over margin over what we asked for. Like I asked for a thousand dollars. We got $20,000. You know, a lot of people don't, the public people, if they are successful at all with their Kickstarter, they just barely make it across the finish line, mm-hmm. you know? So they see that. And then they'll see, how I marketed my own, you know, mm-hmm. my own brand, my own situation with that. And they think that if I was contracted with them and I had like some money at stake, then I would have the same type of fervor for mm-hmm. them that I have for myself. Mm-hmm. So this company approached me and was basically saying that I would get 40% of the Kickstarter proceeds, right? Without, mm-hmm. without detailing how much they were looking to get in the first place. Then they were saying that I had to basically run the Kickstarter and um, and it, 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 they put everything on me basically to build mm, their brand. Correct. Um, and then also within the contract that was filled with a whole lot of unnecessary legalese. Like mm-hmm. it was chock full of just bullshit. It, it was like, like what to with forth with forth hooth. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was that, it was that complicated. So when I talked to the guy who wrote it, he said that, yeah, like, you know, I did this in college. You know, I, I, I am proficient at this. This is what I do. So if you need me to simple it or you, if you may simplify it, I can mm-hmm. do that. So he's basically telling me, you know, if you want me to dumb it down for your dumb stuff, then I could do that. I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dumb it down for me. Make it sim- Give me a simple one. So it took him three weeks to send me a, a second contract. Right. Mm-hmm. And within it, it still said. It was a very bare bones. No, there was no, no, no numbers were stipul- uh, stip- uh, stipulated. There was no like uh, time frames, except for they had at any given time the right to sever any tie, all ties with me as long as they gave me a 30 day notice. Right now they were talking about possible deals with HBO, Netflix, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, I, I, I saw that and I saw, I felt like it was just wrong. Something was like, you know, itching at me. So mm-hmm. I had a couple of people, I had my mom, my dad look at it, I had, you know, my, my circles. Mm-hmm. And then I sent it to my legal shield, like, you know, my mm-hmm. lawyers, you know, just, I was like, like, take a look at this. And everybody said something doesn't feel right, but I don't know what it is because mm-hmm. again, we're not lawyers. Mm-hmm. But the lawyer that what they called me back happened to be a cosplayer who knew me. So that was mm-hmm. the first thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, Demetrius, don't do this. I was like, oh, wait, wait, who are you? And how do you know my name like this? And so we just had the whole conversation. I was like, oh, you're a cosplayer. Cool. So mm-hmm. um, she was like, let's just say they get this deal with Netflix. They could tell Netflix, give us 32 days. We'll be back with a final answer. They can then contact me 
within that same day that mm-hmm. gives me that 30 day notice that they want to cut all ties with me. Right. And any royalties and, 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 and anything that I was due would not be applicable. So on the 30th, on the 31st or 32nd day, they can go back to them without, without me being a part yeah, of it. Yeah, I've been part of it. Right. So I don't built your entire brand and yet you want me to just be gone after, after someone wants to like buy you, bruh. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's, 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 that's kind of crappy, you know? As much as well, the way we ended it on the note of the last one is like, oh yeah, a plowshare and a mule. Right. You know, and like these are black folks. Hmm. Right. It, that, that made me feel some kind of way. So, you know, after I talked to the lawyers and I talked to my folks, I went back because he had hit me up. I think it was the first of mm-hmm. first of the year. Mm-hmm. He hit me up. He was like, yo, did you get a chance to look at the contract? And I'm like, listen. So I did take a look at the contract. And like you told me that you were proficient in writing these contracts. Mm-hmm. That means that you had two opportunities to do right by me. Mm-hmm. And you didn't. You didn't take a single opportunity to be an honest person and not put me in a situation where this is a one-sided contract, you know? And then, you know, I'm, I'm out here trying to do what I'm doing for the community, for my child, for everyone else's kids. And you may be, you, you essentially boiled me down to a workhorse mm-hmm. that will get, that will get, you know, Jack, you know, screwed over at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know? And I told him, I was like, you know, you, 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 I don't understand why people do things where you will put me in a position to have to come find you. And you and I both don't want that. So why would you do that? You know? And like, it just, with that kind of like devil may care or devil have care, like mentality, Mm -hmm. there's no way I can work with you Mm -hmm. because you have no sense of (laughs) self-preservation because you think that you will get away with this. (laughs) Well, self-preservation or more the aspect of the greed is he's a green he's an orange lantern no listen listen that avarice (laughs) shit ah nope nope Mm -hmm. nope listen listen you you have to you have to realize that not everyone is always going to be what they portray online Mm -hmm. you know a lot of us are products of our environment Mm -hmm. we have come through things that we don't talk about Mm-hmm. but that does not necessarily make us easy targets. Mm-hmm. So the more you play with people, the more you're actually playing with your own safety. So stop doing that. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary. It's uncalled for. And who wants that kind of trouble? I think you just got your next PSA. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, that one's for the adults. <laughs> yeah, Very much so. But still, you got your next PSA. Wow. So, so then after I said all this to him, the only thing he said to me was, I'm sorry you feel that way. Keep doing what you're doing. Good luck. Mm-hmm. I'm like, son bitch. Like, you really aren't. You, you, you didn't even try to defend mm-hmm. what I said. So you were either A, really going to fuck me, or, or two, or B, you don't have a defense for being called out in that way. Yeah, because you know, you're actually caught, and that's a problem with narcissists. Now, in this case, it was more of a con artist. But see, the thing is, like, you don't have he he didn't have any of the of the following or 
the name recognition to do mm-hmm. something on this level. Mm-hmm. Like you're coming to me from my, from my help into building you up. Mm-hmm. And yet you're trying to act like you're somebody that's bigger than what you are like that. That is a level of hubris that I don't think I would ever, ever subscribe to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, it is unnecessary to treat people in general as if they are just objects for your own mm-hmm. disposal. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. It is unreasonable and uncalled for to approach people thinking that they are dumber than what you think that you, that, that you dumber than what you expect them to be. It is just, it's the audacity. <laughs> yeah. And I'm willing to bet they figured just because of the interest in these things that it somehow made you, like you said, that they needed that needed to be dumbed down, but it's like it's, no, that gut instance said something's off, and and that's the thing, like because anybody that they would have approached that's looking to boost their name at some level mm-hmm. would have been an easy mark, mm-hmm. you know. Anybody that's out here that's thinking they they're going to get a quick buck, you know, just at the drop of a, they would have been an easy mark, mm-hmm. you know. I know how hard Kickstarters are, so whatever money I would have gotten from that, I would have earned that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, the fact that my likeness is all that I truly have out here, my likeness and my word, you know, I'm not going to sign that away to anybody, mm-hmm. you know, hell like the, the handshake deal I got with Oliver Banks and, and Trevius Lawson of always press record television. Mm-hmm. Like, like we are, we're, we're, we're in lockstep with one another. We haven't signed a contract. We haven't, you know, boiled anything down to like, I don't trust this person or whatever, because we're all performing in ways that that builds trust for the other person that's involved in in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way I'm not I'm going to sit here and be like, listen, I, I need this prenup with these mm-hmm. with these guys or whatever, because they've already done right by me. And then honestly, if things were to stop after the PSAs, because they've been all paid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the money spent, the, the work is being done, you know, then I can, I can say at least I did what I could with these people. And mm-hmm. if they decided that they want to move a different direction, you know, cool. But we did what we, what we came to do, mm-hmm. you know, anything else after that, you know, that, that just happened to be like a lightning in a bottle, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was, it was fortunate that it happened, but you know what I mean? You can't, you can't live and die, live and breathe and die by it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but this guy here didn't didn't even try to garner that kind of trust. No, you know, like you coming from out of nowhere and then you gonna try to call me stupid out of the break. No, nah, we gonna have problems. You don't you don't want to have problems. With me. <laughs> no. And this is that's where they thought they had the absolute power to and it corrupted them. But he didn't have any power. I know like, at all. He, like he didn't he, actually have it. He no, thought he did. But not, how could you think that you have power when you're coming to someone else to help you, you know, and to gain and for them to do for you mm-hmm. what you can't do for yourself? Mm-hmm. That is that is a level of cognitive dissonance that I cannot ascribe to either, because mm-hmm. you can't sit here and say that you are king so and so if you're ta- if you're asking someone else to do for you what you can't do for yourself. You know, what I mean, like that, that does not make sense to me whatsoever. So from the standpoint of, as, as we often talk about, the idea of decolonizing, he learned lessons well from the other side. And he's trying to emulate the other side. You know, 
I have run into a lot of us mm-hmm. that that naturally say and re- that naturally repeat what they would say to us, and they don't realize that they are doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it usually comes from people who are not in a position to do what you can do, and they get me- they are immediately threatened by that because at some point in time they had it in their mind. They wanted to be a superhero to some, somebody's child or for the, even themselves. Mm-hmm. And that they, since they're not in that position of doing what you're doing effortlessly, mm-hmm. then they become an antagonizer. Mm-hmm. It's, I swear. I but, swear. <laughs> yeah, but no, but you put it in a very beautifully sense using the mechanism of the superhero and the archetype and the villain. Mm. people suck man like you 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 got folks out here that's just trying to to make a way and they happen mm-hmm. to to strike a chord with a certain number of people and mm. that bothers folks like it mm-hmm. bothers them so much mm-hmm. it bothers them so much that they can't get someone's attention without crying a victim or just being talented in general mm-hmm. Like most of these people out here that want attention don't have anything to go with it. You know what I mean? Like they, let's just say they get to a place where they, they fail upwards and then they, they're asked to perform in what they say they can do and they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're not proven in anything other than whining, mm-hmm. you know, gaining sympathy. You know, that's, that's, I think that's a, that's a hallmark to a lot of people in this in the society who think that they should just be given opportunities because they exist as opposed to actually working for them or just being able to do what you think that you're able to do or the, that you think people should want you for. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the truths of one of the aspects of doing all of this with whether it's a cosplay, whether it's creating art, whether it's creating any intellectual property that is then going to be mass produced that we also have to balance with. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm one of those people who I would like to support everyone. Mm-hmm. But there's some folks that I wish they do get into the positions they, that they want to get in and they realize that they are not qualified for it. Yeah, I hate to say it happens a lot more often and we tend not, people don't realize it across multiple venues. And it's being vigilant for that. That's something we need to look at. Well, and it comes back to that old saying: not every uh, kin, skin for skin folk aren't always kin folk. Kin folk. And as far as I'm concerned, just because you move an S doesn't change the situation either. Depending on the people and depending on the wounds. Yeah. But what's funny is there's a lot of wounds out here that are self-inflicted mm-hmm. and they don't realize it because they're mm-hmm. just, it's everybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Take responsibility for who and what you are and what you're doing. At some point. Uh, you really do. Uh, and once you take the responsibility <laughs> for it, you get that greater power. And that greater power after taking responsibility is realizing that you're, you're ultimately 
mortal. You know that you can make mistakes. You realize that, you know, something can't always be done by, by yourself. Or this may not be the thing that you should be doing. So I guess that that greater power is knowledge, self-reflection. Cue the shooting star with a rainbow in your next PSA. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Well, these are just, these are all like random thoughts, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we should be wrapping up. But before so, and I'm <sighs> even, even though... We're, this is probably not going to air until about May. Okay. What is this thing about the rogues and the venture lord or venture okay. lords? Okay. So it's the council of men mm-hmm. versus the rogues. All right. Okay. So Shay Dorina or Dorina, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Anyways, he has decided that he's going to start leaking the secrets of men because he feels as if there needs to be chaos and everyone should know what a man has done in his mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and 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 just to make us just to make men all the more transparent and vulnerable therefore it causes chaos the secrets that he's been revealing i feel bad for even saying it but they've been it, it, they've been out there because this is what we're fighting about um there was a secret where he says that men don't really clean our toilets with the toilet bowl brush. We just aim and <laughs> take care of that one spot that got that, that, that's a smear mm-hmm. or something. With that, he's telling he's telling folks that at one point in our lives, we have folded back our twigs and berries to see what it looks like standing in the mirror. <laughs> Uh, it, stuff like this, right? He's just just leaking these damn secrets. And the Vantalord is the is the is the the leader of the Council of Men who are the protector of our secrets. Mm-hmm. So the Vantalord has has declared war on this rogue, and people have started to choose sides. And it's you know you got some guys who are like, yeah, like we gotta like. Like we gotta take those rogues out because that chaos and you don't tell men's secrets. Like, what's wrong with you? And then you got the rogues who are like, you know, I just want to see the world burn, you know. And they just they just start telling more secrets. And then you have another faction, which I'm not really familiar with, like the Paharis uh, faction. Like they're they're like an offshoot of the rogues to a degree. But you have other people like myself as He Man. We are thinking about the innocents. Mm-hmm. We're thinking. Of, we're thinking about the the people who are the collateral damage in this massive war that they are trying to have. So, I've started as He Man talking about protecting the innocents with my boy Richard as as Man at Arms, mm-hmm. and you know I've got people on my videos telling me that the archers stand with me. That you know I've got some not storm. I got Mandalorians <laughs> that are standing with me. Um, and then, like I was, I've been introduced to the to Mother Nightshade. Mother Nightshade is the is the 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 curator of the Church of Fuckery, and the Church of Fuckery are protecting the innocents already, but they have like a bigger name than I do. Mm-hmm. So they've already been doing that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So I'm gonna I'm getting folded, or he and the and the Eternians are getting folded into this faction 
where we are looking up for for the for the children and and the innocents and families and then i'm getting tagged in videos where children are pulling out their superpowers like with spider webs and stuff and saying that they will help me protect the innocents this is like this is like internet larping you know what i mean i got there's vampires and and vikings on the side of the vantalord and mm. then you got you got slytherin on the side of the king or the rogues and shit like like people are just coming out of nowhere and it's fun it's like it's harmless like create a character type of fun and it's made it because some of the people who are playing this game are actual celebrities mm -hmm. so one of them actually works for espn so he is talking about a damn football game while saying the rogues will never win this this battle you know what i mean like it is like wait what you know what i mean and yeah, where did that come from in this particular genre? And it's just, it, but it, but it's there. It's on ESPN now, and <laughs> and I just saw an advertisement. They're they're having a debate between the Council of Men and the Rogues on on Comedy Central this Friday. <laughs> oh, oh well, it's just this is airing in May. It's happening on what Friday the the twentieth something or whatever. But yeah, yes. like it's so you probably find it on YouTube in the replays, <laughs> right? And like like come on, y'all. Like this is this is what. I mean, but I said this is what nerds are. We are all encompassing. You know, we're filling the world now because mm -hmm. people are more comfortable with their nerdum, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff. So I just, I don't know. I think it's fun. I think it's great. I have to respond to this child who 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 is joined the fight under me probably tonight. So I I don't know what to do. I gotta, and then I just realized like, can I can I enlist children? Can I enlist child soldiers? Can he maybe mm. do that? I mean, they could triage, right? They want to help. They got power. We got Young Justice and we got Young Avengers out there. I mean, come mm -hmm. on. like, Well, why not? Yeah, well, just keep in mind, those are teenagers. We're talking about the little ones. They're better at helping keep the house running because somebody's got to be able to kind of have some place to come home to. Okay. I'll keep that in mind when I make this video. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, because well, that's one of those biggest things that would mm, and, I, and this is an, an entirely other aspect is, yeah, you got those people who are going to be on the front lines. They're going to be out there fighting. But you've also got those people who are going to need to make sure somebody's getting a hot meal, someone's taken care of, someone needs a place to come home to. And that's and there's a warrior strength in that that often gets maligned. I should have all the all the kids that are under 13 take care of all the animals that are on the mm. pets. There we go. Mm -hmm. There we go. I that you are on pet duty. You mm -hmm. know, make sure this kid, those those rabbits and those those puppies and those cats are taken care of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. I I, I have it. I, I'm coming. I'm coming up with it. <laughs> exactly. They can still be useful. They they've got to keep society running. Yep. All day. Exactly. So I want to thank you again for this part two. May, I appreciate you inviting me. Not a problem. Who knows? Maybe we should have a part three at some point later in the year. But let's at least work with there. We're where we are here there. So uh, Demetrius, thank you again. And again, where can people find you if they want to learn more? Um, well, if you just type in Hellspawned, H-E-L-L-S-P-A-W-N-E-D, uh, either in TikTok or uh, Instagram, then you'll find me. You know, mm -hmm. Facebook as well. Um, I have a link tree that is basically you know, link tree slash hellspawn where it's got all the different things. You know what? You know what's funny? 
if you actually type in in Google uh, Black He-Man, mm-hmm. you'll find me mm-hmm. um, in, in, in every category. Or type in Hellspawn, you'll find me in various forms. It's just, it's, it's a lot. Like, I don't know. Oh, wow. I'm on Google, but, you know. I'm not popular. I'm not. I'm not famous. So it's just. It's just weird. It's like that middle point, you know. I am, but you're, these search algorithms are finding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, all the more good we can do. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So with that, I will bid you adieu and have a good rest of the night. And I look forward to seeing what else is out there and cheering you on. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Perry. Not a problem. Have a good one. This has been Perry Clark on from Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist with with untying knots, minds and souls, untethered, having a having a good laugh with Demetrius Holt, aka Hellspawn Cosplay. Be safe out there, folks, and we'll talk with you soon. Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.